Hello. Hello, everybody. Good evening. That's not what I meant to do. That's not what I meant to do. Do this. Hey, everybody. I know I'm a little spiffed up tonight. I, um, obviously, I just came from. I just came from Father Tom's wake, so when I get dressed up, I like to wear the I like to wear the outfit to completion. And I could not put a Yankee hat on top of this. So I'm going all natural and I went to go get inner earplugs that I can use from the the, uh, the music room so that I won't let my scalp sweat. So we're going extra classy tonight on this Wednesday evening, July 26th, 2023. I just forgot my wristwatch, so I'm not over-the-top classy, but classy enough. I hope you're enjoying your evening, your day, and tonight is going to be a good one. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, because we've got a guest I have been waiting to speak with for a while. The topic of electroculture has been really bubbling across my several dashboards on the internet for a while now and I said you know what the hell is this all about you know is it a new way of is it a new way of growing crops is it an old way rediscovered and what are all these amazing tie-ins to the past and theories and can we talk about free energy like what am I missing about this so we went and got ourselves a really great guest this evening his name is Matt Roski Many of you probably know about his work at Cultivate Elevate, and uh, and that's what we're going to be doing tonight. We're going to be talking about electroculture, maybe a little tie into the 1893 World's Fair, which is going to be pretty relevant for many of those of you in the audience who are not only uh, monthly sponsors of the show, but adamant um, attendees to our book club. Isn't that nice? And then tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, for the 27th, we have Lori Williams. She's a professional remote viewer, and I've got a lot of questions to ask her. That's another topic I can't get enough of, and I think that'll be a great way to end the week because Friday the 28th is a summer Friday going to take the girls out for a nice dinner and just relax a little bit before the weekend labor begins. Plenty of labor over the weekend. But um, there's another thing, too. At some point tonight, I was told when I was at the church, I was told when I was at the church that the homily tonight is going to mention me quite a bit because Father Tom was such a, uh, a fan of the show and, you know, we were, we were friends. And, of course, I got to speak about him a little bit last week before the, uh, before the, the, week, the broadcast week ended. And I think that went a very long way with a lot of his colleagues and friends and and uh this is going to be live streamed the mass starts in four minutes so i don't know if we're going to be able to to pop in on that homily tonight but i definitely want to listen to that and maybe bring it onto the show um at some point maybe tomorrow night or perhaps first thing next week could be one thing or another but thank you guys and gals for being here tonight i think that the 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 electroculture thing is going to be a, a big hit because there's a lot of response and there's people, a lot of you in the audience are already doing it. Already doing it. But in the meantime, let's jump into the grab bag because that's what we all really come here for, right? The grab bag. First one up, Joe Biden claims there's no difference between a broken arm and a mental breakdown 
during White House event on mental health treatment. Biden said that there would be no distinction or there should be no distinction between a broken arm and a mental breakdown uh, to insurance providers. Oh, there is a anybody out there who has had some sort of a an emotional issue or just something anxiety. I think that we all could agree. You'd rather have a broken pinky. You'd rather have a broken pinky than deal with um, deal with the horror of some kind of a mental or emotional anguish. Uh, you're t- you want to talk about claustrophobia? I think that's the worst part about anxiety is the claustrophobia. You want to get out of your own head. You want it all to stop, and you just can't. You can't break it. Meanwhile, if you go and break your tibia, it's over. It's done with. You deal with that. You set the bone, and you know for six to eight weeks you're gonna you're gonna be light on your feet, and that's it. You put it behind you, and hopefully it doesn't happen again. But uh, but you know we're we're talking about a we're talking about the the ramblings of a dying man here with a a misfiring brain. So what are we gonna do? Biden said he it comes during an event uh, on improving access to mental health care. He also took credit at the event for ending cancer as we know it. Did you guys hear about that? Did you hear about cancer being ended all of a sudden? Let's see. I don't know what the difference between breaking your arm and having a mental breakdown is. It's health. There's no distinction. It's health. Vivek Murthy, who's a... There's no distinction between man and woman either, so I guess it makes sense to some people. Our Surgeon General and I talk about this issue a lot. You know, in the last two State of the Union addresses, I've laid out what I call the unity agenda. It's made up of four big things that we're going to do together as a nation. One of the things I'm always asked is, you know, uh, why why Americans uh, have sort of lost faith for a while and be able to do big things. If you can do anything at all... This is bad. Uh, I mean, this is like when you, you, you put a child into a Power Wheels toy, a Power Wheels car, and you know that, oh man, the batteries, it's almost done. It's almost done. Joe, what would you do? Where's the cancer comment? That's why we can. We end the cancer as we know it. We deliver on our sacred obligations to veterans is the second thing I think is critically important. We ended cancer as we, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Now, I haven't even looked at how this is being either ignored or rationalized by the same people who still to this day try to say that Donald Trump encouraged Americans to drink bleach to defeat COVID or obfuscated the claims that UV therapy may be helpful in fighting viruses. But rest assured, they're out there bending over backwards to make some sense out of this. Now, it could be that just, like I said before, Biden, who's is a uh, is in bad mental sh- bad physical shape whose partially intact brain is just misfiring again or perhaps he's right perhaps cancer as we know it or as we knew it is over and now there is just a new way of knowing it maybe there's a new way of knowing it maybe that new way has just begun i don't know but just more strangeness going on there on the other side of the aisle if you think that there are two sides mitch mcconnell had a little bit of a, a glitch himself. Take a look at this. He just stopped speaking and froze at the press conference in the Senate, and they, they whisked him away, and a couple of minutes later, after they uh, they degaussed his memory and restarted his processor, he came back. A partisan cooperation and a str- 
string of uh, a string of just having a good stare. Yeah, this is. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Jeez. That was like a 5,000 yard stare. stare. 5,000 mile stare. Boy. Boy, oh boy. Is it comforting that these people actually don't have much power? That it's really just the face of it all, the face of the machine. I, I don't know what it, it's all just very creepy at this point. You'd think that they'd be allowed, they, they would be forced out a little bit sooner so that we don't have to go through these, these breakdowns, these health crises right there because they're, you know, they're in their 80s and they refuse to let go of the salary and the pension and all that. I mean, the pension is always there, I guess, but geez. And he came back after here, then he came back. So just now he's just standing in the back because he's he was plugged in he was plugged into something and restarted i don't know on the other end of things is uh kevin spacey did you hear about this one now this is a little puzzling to me not too puzzling i knew he was going to be let off he's cleared of sexually assaulting four men after oscar winning star was branded a sexual bully so he's cleared how many, how many charges was this? Branded a sexual bully for allegedly attacking men in, cha in, uh, in charges dating back 22 years. So he broke down, I lost everything. Spacey was celebrating his 64th birthday today, wept as he was cleared of all charges after 12 hours and 26 minutes of deliberation. The actor placed his hand on his chest and mouth, thank you twice to the jurors before they left the room. He was humbled. You know, my question is, I mean, obviously, membership has its perks, but what the heck? Who would have thought that this guy has, is more connected than Harvey Weinstein? What is it? To think that Harvey Weinstein is paying some kind of a penalty, that he's, he, he's, he's ending his life, a life spent largely on the inside in the way that he's doing it right now, and this guy just waltzes in and out of everything. He has witnesses and whatever get hitting, getting hit by cars, dying, then just of course outright acquitted. And it, it's just how it all, how this cookie crumbles is something else. Then there's this. We're just talking about this with Rob the other night. As it, as it pertains to what would happen if this was 20 years ago and people are saying UFOs all over the place and it's not, there's always been UFOs reported. It's just that they were not taken seriously at a, at a given time. And then it gets to a point where not only is the media giving it serious airtime, but we're getting congressional hearings. We are getting, uh, we're getting people like John Kirby coming out in, in an official capacity and not only acknowledging that there are unknown objects flying over our skies, but that they are so common and they are so unmissable that they are getting in the way of our fighter pilots honing their skills in the air. You know? 
that they're, they're having trouble training and becoming better fighter pilots because they are literally dodging UFOs and it's very distracting up there. So then we had this, I get that guy Grush, Gorsh, Grush. He came out, a few other people came out before Congress today and they wanted to talk about what they knew. And this one guy uh, said again that the US recovered non-human biological pilots from crashed crafts. UFO whistleblower now says in a hearing. It's not the first time he said it, but take a listen to this. Intelligent extraterrestrials. Something I... He likes sucking on his uh, tooth a lot. Before every statement he makes, it's a little... I hate when people do that, don't you? Isn't it terrible? I was going to curse, but I really got to stop doing that because I, I was at the wake... And I, I, I met a, uh, a, really, uh, a really nice guy and his wife, Benny. Benny's been a, a fan of this show for a long time, and we've, we've talked. Actually, he's the reason why I, a couple of years ago, even started talking to Father Tom. He knew all the, the priests around here, the diocese, and he reached out after some, some turn of events where we were talking about traditional Latin masses and stuff. Anyway... Anyway, I got to actually meet Benny in the flesh today at the church, and, and we got to—I was talking with him and his lovely wife, and I got to see a picture of his three beautiful daughters, and um, and because we all watched together, I said, oh, I'm so sorry. And then his wife said, you know, it's funny, and then the priest came over who, who knew me through Father Tom and was talking to me, and— um, and, uh, you know, I, they even uh, stuck up for me. He says, no, no, you, honestly, the, he's gotten a lot better with the language. I said, it's not, you know, the, the show's not focused around the language. It's just that it gets real sometimes, and sometimes I get upset. Anyway, um, they asked, the uh, Benny and his wife asked their, their three little girls if there's anything that they, uh, that they wanted to say to me because they were going to see Frank. They actually see me now, not just on the television. And uh, one of them says, yes, yeah, tell him to stop cursing. Or watch his mouth or something like that. I had a good chuckle there. Anyway, you know me. Uh, it'll never always, it'll never go away. But this, you know, the, the overly, see, I'm working on it. It's not going to take anything away. I'm going to find better ways to insult people. You watch. And then there's just the, the things that cannot be avoided. In which case, tell your kids to put their earmuffs on and away we go. Uncle Frank's got some problems he's working through, okay? So here is this non-biological pilot's uh, statement today. Intelligent extraterrestrials. Something I can't discuss in public setting. Um, okay, I can't ask when you think this occurred. <laughs> um, if you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And was this documentary evidence, this video, photos, eyewitness, like how would that be determined? The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and, and you may or may not be able to answer my last question, and maybe we get into a skiff at the next hearing that we have, but who in the government either, what agency, sub-agency, what contractors, 
who should be called into the next hearing about UAPs, either in a public setting or even in a private setting? And, and you probably can't name names, but what agencies or organizations, contractors, et cetera, do we need to call in to get these questions answered, whether it's about funding, what programs are happening, and what's out there? I can give you a specific cooperative and hostile witness list of specific individuals uh, that were in those. And, and how soon can we get that list? I'm happy to provide that to you after the hearing. Super, thank you. How about we all go into the skiff and suck our teeth together? I'll go first and you go. Some Ethiopian language over here. Uh, yeah, can you imagine being on the naughty or nice list, the cooperative or hostile list? What, would, what, what, what list would you be on? But there you go. There you go, July 26, 2023. Imagine this was July 26, 1997. Then we have a congressional hearing. We have sympathetic news reporting of non-human biological pilots that have been re recovered from crashed craft, okay? And when they say non-human, they're not talking about antelope, all right? They're not talking about antelope. That's it. That's just, uh, I mean, we are, we finish knocking on that door. We are dipping our toe across the threshold into the other room. Who's going to be waiting there for us? I don't know. But, you know, I think I might be able to ask some really interesting, oh, I don't know. I guess it'll be interesting if we get some interesting answers. But I can ask some questions of our guest tomorrow night about these types of, these types of uh, revelations right now and what can be learned through remote viewing and anything else to either confirm or debunk what we're being faced with right now. That, that could be an interesting aspect of tomorrow night's show. But for tonight, let's get ourselves ready because we have a wonderful guest in the form of Matt Roski, uh, founder of Cultivate Elevate. So don't go anywhere. We're talking electroculture and other types of suppressed technology and us being in a wonderful position to rediscover it all and reapply it, reapply it, and what that means for the overall picture. All right, don't go anywhere. Be right back. Oh, Godfather, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You can act like a man. What's the matter with you? Is this how you turn down a Hollywood Pinocchio that uh, cries like a woman? <laughs> what can I do? What can I do? What is that nonsense? Look at You spend time with your family? Sure I do. Good. Because a man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. One ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
Get that jive jack. Put it in pocket till I get back. Going downtown to see a man and I ain't got time. Shake your head. Hit that jive You see, put it in pocket till I get back. When I get dressed up, when I get dressed up, I get into a different mood. I want to be in a lounge right now. I want I want cocktails to be served. I want everybody to be chilling out, relaxing, good times. So, um, welcome to the Quite Frankly Lounge, where there's always a crackly piece of fluorescent lighting going haywire somewhere. No, that'll make you epileptic. It's a it's a smooth glow. I hope you're all feeling well. Okay, 716. Now, I've had people, aside from my own burgeoning interest in the subject, people will say, Frank, you got to go and check out, I want to know more about electroculture. And I said, what the hell, what, what is this electroculture you speak of? What is this? Is this, I, I don't know, is it a, is it a gimmick? Is it something new? Apparently, like so many other things, it's something old that is being rediscovered. And, um... It has a lot to do with the infusing or the using of copper, the element, just copper coils. And and you say, well, is it charged to anything? No, no, no. I, I think that it's just a magical, magical bridge between the ether, between the physical, and it just inspires growth of all things, especially, you know, on an agricultural level. Listen to this. This came from a, uh, a a viewer out there. I didn't write down her name. Anyway, she said, Frank, because, uh, this might have been from Anne. Or uh, I think this might be from Anne? Sharon. Frank, because of a video my sister sent me earlier this summer, I started to wrap sticks that fall from the trees here on my little acre with copper wire. This year I have a bigger garden than I usually do. We built two huge cultures that I planted 36 tomato plants and I grew, uh, that I grew from seed. The first stick that I wrapped went into one of those, um, those cultures. The stick is about four feet tall, wrapped from the bottom, spiraling up to the top of the stick. I have at least a foot of copper wire and spirals pointing straight up. Uh, most tomato plants in that bed are over seven foot tall and are beginning to be filled with tomatoes in the growing stage. Based on the number of sticks I would find on the ground and how much copper wire I had on hand, I began to put the copper wire spiraled stick in every pot that I was growing with and with various vegetables and I decided to plant. I probably got 40 or more large pots planted with everything from corn, beans, peppers, cucumbers, pickles, herbs, carrots, and more, which were all growing pretty slowly, but as I placed the copper wrapped sticks as I found them within less than a week, I noticed major new growth. My potato patch has copper wire sticks stuck in every three, uh, every three feet. Daily, I walk the patch to pinch off the flowers that try to grow on the five-foot potato plants. Looking forward to seeing what is growing underground when the plants die back to late su uh, uh, summer, early autumn. I don't understand everything about electroculture, except that it collects energy or electricity from the air, and it sends it down to the roots of the plants, which is what I assume. That's what I just assume. See, I'm glad she's making assumptions, because that's all I've got at this point, too, is assumptions. Um, I, I said, is there any other element to this except just the introducing of copper? into what is otherwise just a, you know, regular tending to your garden. 
Um, I would like to understand more in layman's terms how this is helping my garden grow. I feel like my garden is a sight to see. After many years of having small garden that produced some, but not as much as I would like to have, I'm wondering if I could use the electric culture successfully in my little greenhouse over winter as I intend to heat it and have fresh vegetables and herbs growing. Now, the one person I know that I would uh, that would be able to answer all these questions is a man named Matt Roski. He founded Cultivate Elevate to bring back information that has been suppressed and cause our society to become sicker and weaker. I'd say less independent as well. That that's the whole part of being weak is not to be independent. Our mission is to educate over there at Cultivate Elevate and to empower individuals to rise above the state of fear because they are there are always solutions. I welcome Matt to the show right now. Matt, how you feeling, my friend? Good, good, good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. You know, I, I just read a little something from a, a woman in the audience who doesn't really know too much about what makes electroculture tick, but she did follow some advice to introduce a little bit of copper coiling into her, her garden. And what used to be a modest showing is starting to become a booming success. And she would love to know what the heck is going on. So would I. So first of all, I would just like to welcome you once again, and I'd like to ask you to give us a little bit of a layman's terms crash course of what electroculture is. Sure. So electroculture, what you're doing is you're harnessing the atmospheric energy that's all around us, right? There's energy that's flowing all the time all around us. If it's if it's very choppy, let me know. No, no you sound fine. Okay, I'm just making sure. So it, the, the you're harnessing the atmospheric energy that's all around us so when she's placing these copper antennas wrapped with wood into the garden then what she's doing is she's harnessing that atmospheric energy to help boost her plants and to help increase plant growth she's also supporting the electrical conductivity of her soil and the electrical conductivity of the plants the biggest problem that we're facing currently right now is that a lot of our plants are lacking electrical conductivity from all the stuff that gets sprayed up in the skies and all the towers and all of these things, they're all impacting the plants. So when she starts placing these wood antennas wrapped with copper into her soil, she's supporting all of the electrical conductivity of the plants so that things can start to flow, such as the electricity, can start to flow up and down inside the plants. So right there, um, introducing some kind of electrical conductivity into... Oh, I'm sorry. I hear myself there. That's a little uh, uh, glitchy, but it's okay. It went away. Introducing electrical conductivity to the soil and to the um, to the garden there. Tell me something though. For those of us who are totally new, or hold on, I'm seeing. I mean, let me just. Let I'm, I'm. I'm getting a lot of feedback quick, here. I'm sorry. The whole thing is just. Give me one second. Let me just rejoin. You Give got it. Second. You got it. No problem. You might have heard that. I was getting a little feedback. Yeah, no problem. <clears throat> Hold on. I'll wait for him. Do you know where we're going next? Do you know what the next question is? Can you guys, can anybody in the, in the chat rooms guess what the next question is? How long have you watched this show? How long have you watched this show that you can actually see where my mind is going now? All right, hold on a second. So, um, I also have another another really great testimonial that we'll do in the second half here. But boy, oh boy, do I can't wait to get into this one. Really sink our teeth in. 
And I just got a, a text message from a friend of mine at the funeral said, 24 minutes in, the homily has now started. So that's where I have to go check it out afterwards and see um, and see what's said. Just give me another second here, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on. Actually, you know what? Maybe I have a, uh, a break video we can go to. Do I? Do I? Superman? Yes. Hold on. We'll be right back. The virtuous spirit has no need for thanks or approval. Only the certain conviction that what has been done is right. Develop such conviction in yourself, Elal, Kalel, Ralph, whatever you want to hear. <laughs> just cut, 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 cut. We'll just pick it up. Excuse me, we'd like you to have this flower. Excuse me, sir, would you... Donation to the Reverend Moon. Juice for Jesus. Read about Jehovah's Witness. How about Buddhism? How Jerry's kids? Oh, yeah. Scientology? Or nuclear power? Let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's try this again. Let us try this again. Uh, Matt, do you hear me? You hear me, Matt? Hey, Frank. Yeah. And you know what? If uh, if 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 video doesn't work out, we can always just drop down to audio or do a phone call afterwards. It's uh, it's it's totally up to you. But let's just see where we can roll with this one. We can we can just keep it. My computer completely froze and locked up. This happened when I did a podcast on electroculture before. So I switch computers and I should be good to go. So it oh, should be 100%. So there's an electrical problem with the electroculture. That's, that's <laughs> what we'll call it right now. <laughs> you know, let's just jump right into that again. Um, we're, we're starting with the basics here. And I, you, you were talking about the introducing of electrical conductivity into the soil to be able to really stimulate growth, especially of organic matter and all that. My question is, for those of us who are totally green to this stuff, is electricity usually is not provided to us without some sort of a battery, some sort of, uh, unless it's just coming from the sky in the form of, of lightning. So where do, how are you able to do that just by bringing an unattached piece of copper into the mix? How does that actually bring electrical current to the ground if it's not being, you know, I don't know, pumped up by some other source? So there's two ways the energy flowing in this direction. You have one coming out of the earth, so the energy that's always coming out of the earth all the time, 24, 7, 365, the earth is pumping out a frequency. And if you take, for example, a voltmeter and you attach that into the earth, what you'll start to notice is volts. You'll see volts. The voltmeter will increase. And the taller you make this antenna, the more you'll see that voltmeter begin to increase even more. Now, what's also the other flip side is the energy that's up in the atmosphere the atmospheric energy that's up above us. So what you're doing is when you're placing these antennas into your soil, you're capturing not only the energy that's coming out of the earth that's pulsing 
all the time, like the Schumann residence. But then you also have the atmospheric energy, which is also creating energy at that time. We're not using Rockefeller electricity. We're using the Earth's ether energy. Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla created a car that ran on the ether's energy, the Earth's energy. So that's what we're doing when we're using these antennas. We're harnessing the Earth's energy that's constantly being pulsed to boost our crops and increase plant yields. That's okay. So it, it makes a lot of sense. It really does. And I thought it might. I thought we might be uh, discussing something along those lines. So then, if, if someone wanted to get started with this, um, how, what is this? What's the best way to, to to get started? And is it safe for? children to be around when they're playing in or around the garden or something that was a, a, a question that a friend of mine had um can anybody get started and does it really all it takes is just some wound up copper coil so for to start yes that's very simple piece of wood wrapped in copper you can get a piece of wood that's in your backyard because it resonates at the same frequency as you and you can get some copper from the hardware store home depot lowe's ace hardware wherever it may be they have spools of copper and you can get some of that and you just wrap it and you just wrap coils around that piece of wood. You have the top of the copper facing up into the sky. You have the bottom of the copper into the earth. You just stick that into your garden and you just let it do its thing. And it's going to start to capture all that beautiful energy that's around us. You'll start to notice you have more pollinators, start to notice you have more bees, start to notice you have more birds, maybe hawks, maybe pigeons, maybe doves, maybe bluebirds, all these all these animals will gravitate to it. So when it comes to, is it safe? It's very safe. Now, what's interesting is I have a book here. I have a whole bunch of different books on lightning rods and lightning rods are what you used to see on top of all these buildings, on top of these old world buildings as well too. And what we're doing is we're basically taking those lightning rods or weather vanes and bringing them down onto the earth into our garden. And they're very safe because they balance out the atmosphere. What's interesting is what I was reading about these is that when you have too much static buildup, lightning will strike that area. But these electroculture antennas are countering that static buildup so that lightning does not strike that area. Wow. That's the whole point of these, these weather vanes. And what's funny is this book is of made in, uh, the guy who was making it was on 39 and 41 Park Place, New York. And it's all about weather vanes and everything about how they used to make them out of gold and they used to use copper, which if you think about those materials, those are conductive materials. So why would you be catching lightning with conductive materials? It's stuff to think about. That is something to think about. And it's funny that you bring that up because I was going to ask you about something like lightning rods. Is that something that could be used to channel, uh, you know, high voltage energy into the ground? But you're saying that this acts as a repellent. Yes, it balances everything. Because what I what this one site was talking about that when too much static builds up on the house, lightning will strike the house, which, you know, something we don't even think about because you think you put the rod up there and that's going to block and balance all the stuff. But it was basically saying when you when you have these atmospheric antennas on top of your house, it's balancing the atmosphere above, above, which is interesting, too, because there's been many videos where people have been putting electroculture antennas in their garden and all these sprays that go up in the sky that we constantly see that are blocking out the sun a lot of that stuff all dissipates and goes away, which is really interesting because everything we do on the ground goes up in the air and vice versa, as above, so below. Mm. Now, you, when you brought up Tesla before, um, it, it made me think of that very uh, that that famous that famous experiment that I've read about so many times, and they and they um, 
they uh, they pretty much reenacted it and depicted it in the movie um, The Prestige, where they go over to Colorado, where you had Tesla was hanging out over there doing all of his his secretive work and um, was able to light light bulbs by just pretty much placing them in the ground, wondering what what the heck is going on? What's generating all of this? He says, it's, it's us. It's the earth. Um, I, I read so much about that. I mean, so much about Tesla has become almost thing of uh, thing of legend and lore at this point because there's been so much suppression of, of information, so much theft of ideas, and, uh, and, and you just don't know which way is up sometimes. But what do chemicals... So, for example, when you talk about bringing, the, um, bringing copper, introducing that into the earth for one thing or another what do chemicals do to um to affect the the outcome of of your let's say your garden is there a difference from introducing copper into a place that had been previously treated with pesticides and and fertilizer or or, or as opposed to something that is a fresh patch of of uh, land or does it tend to override and repair ground as well so when we get into this topic, we talk about Victor Schauberger. And Victor Schauberger noticed that if we place a lot of iron in the soil, we get a lot of rust and decay. That's why slugs start to come around. Slugs are copper blood, and they basically come around because they're trying to clean up all the iron, the rust and the decay that's in the soil. So currently right now, our soil is loaded with iron and rust and decay. And when you look at what you just mentioned, all these pesticides, all these toxic chemicals, all this stuff, it's all iron and steel. And when that iron and steel hits the soil, it creates heat and then it also creates rust and decay, which then goes into the soil and it blocks it all up. This is why so many people have such clumpy clay to work with. The water just sits on top. Anytime they get a heavy rainfall, all of a sudden the whole place floods because the soil is so locked up and so clumpy with iron and steel in it that it's basically just like a, a log, kind of like this. So what happens is, is when people start placing copper into the soil, it actually starts to reverse all of that. And it, it, it starts to bring back that conductivity and it starts to bring back the ability for the soil to retain moisture. So when it comes to like, you know, you see all these places flooding, they could be using copper to balance all of that. And Victor Schauberger saw all of this in the 1940s. He was telling farmers, you should use copper in your soil. You'll increase yields, you'll boost plant life. You'll have more growth than you'll ever see before. And it was interesting because the politicians at the time shot all this down because they were getting kickbacks from the fertilizer company. And they put out public broadcasts on the newspaper and the radio at that time to tell farmers if they use copper in their soil, they'll yield too much food and not make enough money. <laughs> so if you think of where we are now, 2023, and we have, you know, let's say food shortages and whatever else, blah, blah, blah. It's all because a lot of this information has been suppressed over time. And as the information has been suppressed over time, the soil has gotten worse and worse and worse. But electroculture can reverse all of that. And we don't need Monsanto. We don't need DDT is good for me. We don't need all the toxic pesticides and chemicals and all these things because let's think of the first and foremost one, glyphosate. Glyphosate was originally patented as an antibiotic. It's an anti-life product. If we spray our soils and our food with anti-life products, how are we going to be healthy? It doesn't make any sense. You know, we, we have to think like this. And if we spray toxins, whenever you go to the hardware store, you see all these toxins. It's like war on worms, war on this, war on that. It's war on life. 
It's war against us because we are part of that ecosystem. So if we destroy this ecosystem, we can't survive over here. So electroculture, what it does is it brings back that beautiful ecosystem, brings back the pollinators, brings back the birds, brings back the bees. And people who are having soil issues, they can use electroculture or they can use basalt and combine it together. Basalt is volcanic ash. It's loaded with quartz. When the volcanoes spew up all this ash, it all comes down and people can place that into the soil. And as it compresses, it will create a piezoelectric effect, which amplifies the energy to bring back the soil and bring back the energy of the soil. Because everything is energy. Everything is energy beings. And the most perfect example about how everything is energy is when a person, for example, passes out, the ambulance comes and what do they do? Shock you Shock back to back. life. Yeah. Because they got to zap you back to life and get the energy flowing in your heart again. So same exact thing works with our plants. If our plants are not having energy and and this this beautiful energy flow up and down it, it starts to fall apart. And that's why you see on some plants, right side of the plant, you see the right side starting to die. The left side of the plant is still alive. That's because the left side is still conducting and the right side is passing. So it's all energy and how it relates. You know, I, I, there was one, there's a, a quite a few um audience related questions that came in for you tonight and i was going to save a lot of those for the end but there was this one that came in i think it's the perfect time for that right now simon wrote in and said um, and I, I wanted to ask you about what is it about copper itself simon says matt shows that electroculture grows big vegetables and fruit but how nutritious are they um has any of them been tested to see how they measure up to ordinary organic food and uh, and then um, oh wait and then there's another question after that I think this no all right let's do that one first even though it's a little off no 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 don't do that Matt we're gonna go to this next one are there any scientific explanations for the increased productivity um, is it the additional electro electromagnetic fields increased ionization of the ground minerals facilitating their use by plants that is from NJSF I, that that's what I really want to know at this point what is it about copper itself as the element is there any other metal that this was, or substance that this was tested with, what is it about copper that wins out over everything else? Copper seems to work the best because of the conductivity. You know, there are other things with like galvanized wire, but it's not as conductive. You could use silver, but that's a little challenging to find, you know, to find silver wire. You could use gold, you could use brass. You know, you're using these conductive materials and that conductivity is helping to improve the, the sap of the plant. Think if you have a plant, so here's your plant, and the sap is flowing. So every single 28 days, every moon cycle, the sap goes up and the sap goes down. If the sap cannot move through the plant, the nutrients cannot be dispersed throughout the roots of the plant and without the trees and without the leaves and everything else. So your copper, what it's doing is it's assisting the, the blood or the life of the plant, the sap of the plant. And as that plant has that assistance, now those nutrients can move up and down and get to deeper spots that it couldn't get to. If you have, for example, if you look at a lot of plants, their roots are all blocked up. It's like trees are dying at the bottom of the plant, not the top, at the bottom of the plant. The root system is all blocked up from all these chemicals they spray up in the air. Those things come down. You have all the, obviously towers and all these other things which are cooking the plants as well. But all of that is all being blocked up. And what that copper do, is doing is it's assisting the flow of the sap. 
Same with if you take copper and wrap it around an area on your body. This was shown with George Lakofsky. He showed that when people would wrap copper around their wrist, it would get rid of inflammation. They have, for example, in the South, they would wrap copper around the wrist and they would weld it to their wrist so that they would get rid of inflammation completely because they started to understand that, that copper would support the way that the blood flows. So same thing with the trees, same thing with our blood, it all goes hand in hand. And that's why when you go down to it, that's why we wear jewelry. If you think about gold, silver, chains, all the beautiful things that all the people do, what do they do? They get bigger chains over time. Reason being, it's increasing the electrical conductivity of the body. So same thing with these metals, they increase the beautiful energy conductivity of the plants. Yeah, I think very few people these days are wearing jewelry because of energy conductivity, but they just might be doing something right and they don't know why. Um, but it also makes me think about copper in general then. I, I've, I've always seen it inserted into wearables, like you just said. Um, I even, I think a few, maybe about 10, 15 years ago at this point, I had a winter mask that the front end where you breathe through was actually lined with copper. Um, I, I never understood what was going on there, but the, you know, there's copper cups. Uh, I, I mean, I've only ever used them when I make somebody, so if I have company coming over and I'm making some Irish mules or something, there you go. But I, so, so I should be, and people should be drinking from them more. What do they do for just a, a, a drink that you're having? Let, let's forget about the gardening just for a second. So think of all the distillers. They're all made out of copper. Mm. And that's the same thing, and they're all spiraling. And when you look at a distiller and it makes a drink for you, like you were just saying, it's spiraling, it's causing a vortex. So it's making that crisp flavor because it's helping to structure the water or liquid that you place into it. Same with drinking out of copper cups. The benefits of drinking out of copper cups is it increases your electrical conductivity. People used to drink out of copper, they used to drink out of brass, they used to drink out of silver. If you go back into the 1900s, 1900s to 1940s, they were drinking out of all different types of metals and materials, bronze, brass, copper, gold, you know, silver, whatever it may be. Those all increase the electrical conductivity and the energy of that water. Water or your drink, if you're pouring a drink, will take on whatever you place it into. It's kind of like you ever taste something, you go, oh, I taste this plastic water bottle, it kind of tastes off. Yep. That's because the water has now taken on that plastic and you're tasting that physical plastic. So same thing with copper, when it goes to, when you pour the water in there, what it's doing is it's taking on that structure and all the benefits of copper. Copper feeds your brain, copper feeds your skin, copper feeds almost all your organs. There's so many benefits and it's a mineral which is missing from our body. Think about this, 1900s to 1940s, everybody had copper pipes. And if you look at people at the healthiest times, when you think about your grandpas and grandpas and all these other people and things, they grew up in that time. They all had copper pipes. Now what do we have? Plastic, PVC, DuPont, all this other garbage and everything. And that works against the structure of water. It starts to disintegrate and destroy the water and remove its structure. While on the other hand, copper brings all that back. And like you were saying too, they have things with masks, they have things with you know, cups, they have different things. If you look at athletic tape, when they put athletic tape on athletes, they wrap them with copper because they know that the beneficial properties that come with that. So all of these beautiful things happen with copper and obviously silver and gold, but copper is the easiest one to get to if we're gonna pick 
rather than if you were finding chunks of gold and silver and trying to do things with it. Well, I also, I know just from, from all the conversations we've had on this show with nutritionist friends of mine and, 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 uh, and everything else, that when we talk about minerals, especially copper, that is one that is essential for balancing out zinc. And, um, and uh, we know the importance of, of zinc, especially for immune function. So this, I, I'm starting to see little pieces fit together and, and see that, that uh, how, how, how really uh, it flows, the logic flows from one to the other. Now, l- let me ask you, going back to agriculture, that end of it, um, I have to imagine that soil quality is still an important thing to take note of. I'm, you know, all of the, all of the, 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 the pesticides and all that stuff aside, is there any particular micronutrient in the soil that is supercharged by the copper element being added in there, or is it really just the copper itself? It would be the soil. The soil, you're bringing back that, you're bringing back that, that the charge or the energy of the soil. Mm-hmm. And as the soil can be charged up again, it can then flow all the nutrients throughout it. You know, think about if you just have a dead spot on your body and then you, you start to develop an injury or inflammation. That's usually where in a spot of the body, the electrical charge has turned off. So same thing with the soil. If the soil is no longer flowing, things cannot move. And you can't support the worms. You can't support all your composting. You can't support all the things that you're doing. It's just like a lump, basically. And what electroculture does with the copper, it starts to bring all that back and everything starts to work in harmony. And you can combine this with like Steiner prep, which is really interesting to look into with cow horns and quartz and manure. You know, you can combine it with composting, you can combine it with anything that you would like to do that you're already doing, but you don't have to use all the pesticides and fertilizers because they act like drugs. You know, when when they're using these things on the plants, they accelerate the growth, but the minerals and all of the soil is being stripped from everything at the same time. So you have this plant that you think maybe is healthy, but it has no nutrients in it whatsoever. So that's where, you know, the the electroculture, we start to bring all that back. And as we bring back all the pollinators and all the bees and the birds and these things, we then balance the environment because they start bringing things too, right? Birds will start bringing stuff around and then, you know, bees and all these different things, everything will start coming back around. And that will also balance out things because now you start to have this this harmony that starts to happen, which also attracts more beautiful energy, rather than this disharmony of everything you gotta destroy it, and all of a sudden you have this destroyed land and you have you have to move on to the next plot of land. Because that's how we see our farming now. They Crop. just move to the next spot yeah. after they've destroyed everything in that spot. It's never supposed to be that way because if we think about farms, 1930s, 1940s, people had their land and that's where they stayed. They couldn't like just keep moving. They had to keep, they had to stay there and live with their family and grow up on that farm. But now this new way is destroy, 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 and then, you know, expect. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Crop rotation is what we were, we were taught about that. uh, Once you exhaust a uh, patch of land, then you just go to the one next to it and you're able to just allow the natural cycle of things, uh, rejuvenation take place and then uh, but it, this you know uh, this is one thing that we never learned in school and i guess uh, in suppression of information is what we'll get to in just a second but i i, I just want to ask one more thing about the actual form of the copper you're talking about the 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 wooden rods and then the coil is that the the necessary form the copper needs to be in this coiling motion is what what is it about the construct 
of the coil there that you can't just use a uh, copper pole or a pipe or something like that. So you can use anything with copper, okay. but some of the best results have been with either coils or with different types of copper antennas where they're kind of fl uh, frailing out at the top and they're kind of like a little, you know, kind of looks like a, like a, like a dandelion when the, when the, when the thing just kind of goes around and starts flying around, but you know, the, the seed when it starts flying, mm -hmm. but you know, the, the coil itself is basically creating an induction coil. If everybody wants to look into that, it's a fascinating topic. But if you look up like dynamos, 1800s dynamos and all the stuff and how they used to generate energy, they used to just wrap coils around different types of materials and it would start to generate energy. So same thing with these coils, when we're creating these coils or these different types of antennas, they are generating, helping to generate this energy and alter the ether, this energy that's flowing all around us. Perfect example, close your eyes for about, let's say three minutes in front of the sun, open up your eyes and you'll see all these little dots flying around, almost like little white dots floating around. That's the ether. That's the energy that's all around us. You can only pick up on it because it's only a split second, but that's the energy which is being, the, the, the spin is starting to change. Almost like you're creating a vortex, like you're creating a, creating a tornado, if you want to call it that way too. But that's what these coils are doing. Now you can run copper wire through your garden. You can run copper wire above your garden. You can do a whole bunch of different things. And I, I, I always advocate people to experiment, have fun with it, you know, build taller antennas, you know, have fun with it. Use crystals, use stones, use quartz, use, you know, different types of things because all of these things also have frequencies. Stones have frequencies. So you can mix and match with electroculture and do so many different things, but just, it's really cool because when you go back in time and you look at a lot of these articles from 1835 of the Royal Agriculture Society, they were talking about this. They were writing essays on this. They were doing studies on this. And this was all known back then. So we're just bringing it back to, or bringing it forward to 2023. And I guess the big question is, where on earth did it go? Because obviously somebody knows about it. Can't, if, it's, if it's this real and if it's this powerful, then it has not gone away. But, um, you know, power is something that is anything, knowledge being power, of course, um, is something that we are always blocked from in one way or another. And I guess, I guess we can kick this door open by bringing up the, the World's Fair. 1893. Now, this is something my audience and I, uh, Matt, we're, we're about to read The Devil in the White City for our August book club, and it has the, uh, the, the fair at its centerpiece of the story. And so as a reader, you learn about all how incredible the event was and the technologies and the concepts that were showcased there, including this being another staging ground for this competition between Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla. Um, so when, when, as it pertains to electroculture, I never read anything um, specifically about electroculture being on display or used. And again, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, a know-it-all when it comes to 1893 or any World's Fair. Is Tesla the main link between uh, the World's Fair, electroculture, and where we are now, and what we can what we can learn from that uh, so long ago? I would say. Yes and no. There's a bunch of people. There's right. Justin Christoflo. There's George Lukowski. Mm. There's Victor Schauberger. You know, and then if you go back in time, there's a whole bunch more that we could add, like Anton Mesmer and a bunch of people who are all into the energy. But Nikola Tesla, if we're going to pick somebody who shows that there is this wireless free energy all over the place, he's the best example. 
that I would say, like if you're going to pick somebody. There's a couple other people, people who created the radio, but that guy actually died. Marconi, he died from creating the radio, so he's a, uh, you know, a bad example. Um, the only other person I could think of is Mr. Stubbenfield. And if you get into the World Fair information, you're going to get into Mr. Stubbenfield and his work. He actually created a wireless telephone where you would take a rod and you would stick it into the earth and you could communicate with your friend through the earth. Wow. So that's Mr. Stubbenfield. So he created the wireless telephone that connects because he goes, we have the earth energy and it goes all around all the time. Why don't we just use this? And then Marconi at the time was creating the radio, which the radio ended up being very toxic, very dangerous. And this goes into radio frequencies and all those things. So you have these two, you know, different sides. But I would say, you know, when you get into this topic of 1893 and World's Fairs, the best way to describe the electroculture antennas or to show them would be all of these, which used to be on top of all the buildings in the World's Fair and all those old ancient old world buildings, because the more you go into it, you know, a lot of these designs and things like this, where these are absolutely massive, you know, some of these are like 20 feet tall, they're 20 feet wide. It just, you know, if they're supposed to be giving you a direction of the wind and things like that, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And then as you get into a lot of the stuff with 1893 in Chicago, what you'll start to notice is, is they'll tell you the story that all the things were made out of plaster and wood and somehow they went up in one day or two days and whatever else. But what's interesting is like there's a Ferris wheel in there that was built, which is I think like 50 tons or 60 tons. And each little part of that Ferris wheel can hold up to 200 to 300 people on each little part. And so you have like 30 of them going around. And this Ferris wheel would operate like 24 seven and make like $25,000 a day, which is a ton of money at that time. Yeah. You know, so when you look at all these structures, you sit there and think, okay, you got people on horse and wagon, you know, they're building these buildings as they're being told, but a lot of the stuff doesn't make any sense for the size and the magnitude. And then when you get into the things with electroculture, you'll see that there's a lot of things in Chicago and all the other world fairs of these, they're called horticulture buildings, and they're built out of crystals. And it's all crystals. You can look up the Crystal Palace. There actually used to be one in New York City as well too, London and a couple other places. And that was 1845. So when you look at these crystal palaces, they were using crystals in different colors, color spectrums to amplify their yields because colors can make a big difference in your plants and you could grow things and make them go crazy. And so everything is frequency, everything is resonance. So, you know, when you go into this, there's not a direct, you know, electroculture is this to the World Fair. But when you start putting these parts and pieces together, you see what's interesting is in these World Fairs, they're introducing like agriculture to the people. So then you start to think, well, why are you teaching people how to farm? Shouldn't they know? They traveled across the ocean blue and did all these things you said. Shouldn't they be aware of how to farm and do these things? So a lot of things is almost like these people are very out of place and you're teaching them these stories and they've lost track of the past, which was just this, everything was abundance. And that's kind of my take on it. Now, I think it's a great take. And, it's, and I, I'm gonna pay extra special attention to this now too, especially with the horticulture um, aspect, because we know, especially um, the, those who came in to design all of the landscapes at in 1893 they were the ones who designed central park in new york so there and 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 within the time frame that they had 
to be able to put this together in the middle of a swamp in uh, in Chicago with all those setbacks. Uh, there needed to be something to move this along, especially with all the exotic plants that they were trying to uh, import and then, of course, just sprout right there. Um, you know, as far as that whole mindset of lack and losing all of this, I had a question that came in from my friend Grace, and she said this. She said, my ancestors were all sharecroppers, um, so a bunch of their techniques were passed down, companion planting, composting, irrigation techniques. We still use them today, but electroculture wasn't one of them. When did this method disappear and why? So I would say you had all the world fairs, which were resets. They would reset each city and remove a lot of technology that was going on at that time. So those go on from 1835 up until I think it's 1933. And then you have World War I and World War II, which were also resets of a lot of this information. And a lot of the people who were publishing books at the time, because when you get into the books, it only goes to about a certain extent. You have to get into like newspaper articles and radio broadcasts. That's pretty much about what you're gonna get. And these newspaper articles are usually about this big, and there's about three sentences about electroculture. So, you know, when you get into the time frame of when this was lost, I would say mostly World War I and World War II, because those acted as resets to get rid of a lot of information, a lot of buildings, a lot of the horticulture buildings, a lot of the old world buildings, a lot of the antennas, a lot of the stuff related to mercury, a lot of the stuff related to free energy. All of that was kind of removed during those times. But then a lot of the time after World War II, chemical farming became gigantic. Because when you think about World War II, they had this excess of chemicals and all these things, and they decided to say, let's start putting that into the farming and into the public, into the you know public farming supply and things like that. So through all of these different resets, you know people would lose information. And the other thing we have to think about is, for example, all the articles I found from 1835 to 1902, they're in the Australian newspaper. And unless somebody archives them, you don't know that they were even doing electroculture in 1835 in certain parts of the world. That was because we were, if you think about it, very disconnected because I couldn't just communicate with you like I'm doing right now to put this information out. The information was once the book was gone or the, the pages were burned, the information was gone. And if people were wiped out, which they did a lot of wiping out of people and removed a lot of people in a short period of time, a lot of information would be lost during that time. And if we look at, for example, like a lot of the stuff during like even the Bolshevik, you know, thing and whatever else, they went after the farmers. They went after the food supply first. Why? Because the food supply is for everybody. It keeps everybody strong. So if we think about this of where the information might have been lost, people who've been farming or practicing farming for a long period of time might have been the first targets as because it removes the food supply and makes the people dependent and then you can teach them a new way of doing something and educate them through the rockefeller educational system and keep them in that perpetual loop of doing what you want them to do oh yeah and and what is that essentially what what are you telling them to do you're telling them you're you're teaching them newer inadequate ways of feeding a nation wherein before like i'm when i'm getting all these emails from people who are watching the show who even in the most uh basic experiments are increasing their yields from their their gardens and their backyards when you think about the power of that is unleashed in being able to produce 
a, a copious amount of food on a local level to decentralize your food sources so that you're not waiting for somebody else to send over their surpluses. I mean, that is incredible amount of power and independence. It, it, it makes perfect sense as to why that would be suppressed and, uh, and newer, more volatile systems uh, would be introduced if you want to ultimately control people and not liberate them. Yeah, and that's pretty much what has happened. And I have so many videos of so many things of people's food. I had a lady today send me like cute uh, zucchinis that are, I mean, they look like barrels. It's hmm. absolutely just wild to see. And I'm gonna be posting up that video in the next couple of days, but just wild stuff. Like I've realized we don't even know how large things are supposed to be. I even had a lady who gets like little green tomatoes, you know, the little baby ones where you could turn them into salsa. She's got them, they're like two times, three times the size. So now it's like, well, I thought they're supposed to be that size. You know, so then the really the, the real question is how big are things supposed to be and how abundant are things supposed to be? Because we've seen everything so teeny tiny and we've been put in this scarcity mindset to be controlled and be manipulated. And the real question is, is how much abundance is there? And electroculture has taught me with all the people growing their food and all the gardens going wild and farms and everything else, it's really taught me it's quite the opposite of what we've been told. And what's interesting is every time I speak about this topic of abundance, whether it be energy, whether it be food, whether it be water, whether it be oil, I get fact-checked every single time. <laughs> Anytime I speak about abundance, I get fact-checked. But if I speak about fear and scarcity and I put it into a state, that gets it just spreads. So that's the difference in how much our system is trying to keep us back from realizing our true potential and how we can not use all these chemicals and people in temperatures, like you were just describing, of all different places. I have people in Canada who they have like a two-month window, and they're blown away that their cauliflower is the size of their head, you know, just in a short little small window. So then the question is, is how much more can be done? And you can even take electroculture indoors. I was showing people in the wintertime who their plants were going crazy indoors. I had a buddy who had a potato plant, which was as tall as his basement. It actually got to a point where we started joking around, like you're gonna to have to take it out of the basement and put it outside because your potato plant is that large. So it really makes you start to wonder, this works indoors, it works outdoors, it works with everything. It even works with animals. They used to put electroculture antennas on chicken coops and buy sheep, and it would increase the wool content of the sheep and it would increase the egg production of the chickens. This was all shown with just increased flow. So all these things were just supporting life that's pretty much what we're doing all the ways in which we've been doing for so long are just not supporting life and, and removing the structure of life so as we bring this back it's just like you said with the emails it's just constant where people are just seeing drastic results i don't even know where to start you said so much right there you said so much i mean for, for uh, talking about livestock which is another thing where, I mean, we're all made from the same organic matter right there, which how much how much copper should we be wearing around our necks every day if this is happening for sheep and chickens and all that other stuff? And then you're talking about Canadian farmers where they have a two-month window of yield time and all that. Have you seen people are being able to harvest more food even into colder weather? Are, are, is, uh, are plants more resilient to harsher environments, whether it be cold or heat? Um, is one better than the other? What about that? So I've seen a lot where people are in really cold temperatures and their plants still thrive. I had a lady who was in Washington 
and she was growing blueberries and she was getting blueberries in January. Wow. Oh, well, oh, well you know, that's stuff, not uncommon. Stuff, too uncommon. Yeah, stuff that's not, not really normally happening. You know, you're, it's too cold. It's, it's wintertime. It's snowing, you know, and I've seen people with having shorter windows growing a ton of food. I've seen people doing, you know, the indoor gardens or like on their balcony having very phenomenal success. I have a buddy in Sedona. He's got like 22 foot sunflowers and he's growing things in buckets. He didn't even put it in the earth. He's just growing it in buckets. He's using electroculture and organite together. And it's 106 in Sedona. So it's hot, you know, all these different climates. And that was what was interesting when I got into all this and I started researching Justin Cristo Flo's work. He was talking about how plants would be more resistant. They'd be frost resistant. They'd be heat resistant. You know, they wouldn't need as much water. You know, we have all these like water shortage nonsense things and all this other stuff. You don't need as much water anymore. I have people growing tons of food in the desert and in Arizona, like it's, it's hot here. It's 117. So, you know, just the remarkable things, no matter what the temperature is, people's, their, their gardens are thriving. And that's the thing, the thing that changes it all. And a lot of people always ask, well, why aren't the farmers doing this? And that's because a lot of stuff is subsidized by the government. You know, when you look into GMO crops like corn, canola, wheat, you know, soy, it's all subsidized by the taxpayer dollar. So why would they change what they're doing? They're getting paid. So if you can do this on your own small scale or community scale, think of what we can do. And the lady that I'm gonna show in her video in a couple of days, she's just giving the food away now. That's what I've always wanted. I wanted people to have enough abundance to be able to give it to somebody else or support their community or their neighbor. And that's what I see with electroculture. I see that happening and the ability for everybody to have enough so that, like you said, they're not sitting and waiting on some grocery store where they're trying to inject some weird stuff into it and put it under LED lights and all kinds of other stuff. You know, they can have high quality foods in their backyard or in their in their community. Um, I, uh, since we're talking about yield and we're talking about surplus and independence, what about you? Some of the more insane results you personally have seen with electroculture when it's applied to a garden, like so. This is this also came from somebody in the the official thread on the on the forum. Uh, as far as yield, poundage, whatever, um, that is total proof of, that it gives you an edge over traditional gardening. You said that we don't really even know how big certain vegetables are supposed to be because of maybe how limited we have been to just you know good uh, miracle grow or whatever the hell is going on right there uh what what has have you had any mind-blowing moments with what you've been able to produce so with my moringa plant it's it so when I, I tested this two years ago when i first started getting into all of this and i still do everything with copper now to this day but i tested with my moringa pot and i had a moringa pot on my balcony third floor Scottsdale Road, you know, with the traffic, with the LED lights, with the towers. So everything going against it, tap water, everything. I took a piece of wood and wrapped it with copper, put it into that, that planter pot, and just decided to see what would happen. My Moringa pods were 22, or, or sorry, 18 inches to 22 inches long. The average Moringa pod is six inches. Now I had another friend who just messaged me in Florida that his Moringa pods are 35 inches. So he's got me beat. So that's six times the size of the average of a Moringa pod. So in my eyes, what it has showed me when I did that and my plants have gone wild and my basil and all these different things, 
When I have done that, it really showed me something else to think, okay, I'm on the third floor, I'm not connected to the earth, I'm in I got the tap water, I got the cell phone towers, I got the LED lights, I got everything going against my plant and it's still thriving and it's still doing wonderfully. And it's just remarkable, but that was me. And then as I started talking about this, multiple people have sent me messages from across the world of, of just massive size of things. Like I had a lady message me yesterday with squash leaves, which are bigger than her husband. The squash looks like it's gonna take over her backyard and take over her garden and, and her whole house. I had another friend who's down the street. She put an antenna in her backyard and she noticed that her neighbor's garden and hers has now completely climbed over the fence in which they had. So she's like, now their side is growing and my side is growing. You know, so it's really made me start to see that there's so much potential and we know nothing. You know, we, we know a smidge of information of how large things can be. But for me, it's just shown me so many people, so many people growing food and so much abundance. And I, I'd have to give you about a thousand other pictures to really show you all the rest. But there's so much of just abundance of people getting two to three to four times the size, big, thick things, you know, bigger, bigger tomatoes, bigger zucchinis, bigger lemons, bigger basil like basil being double or triple the size, mint leaves being three times the size. I had a buddy with coriander, five times the size of what a normal coriander little leaf looks like. So, you know, we, it's just like, when you really think about it, it's yeah, like, you know, how, you, how much can we have? I know, and what you're describing here is almost like something out of, when you're talking about that, I was thinking about the dandelions from the Ninja Turtles movie. Back in the day, you remember when they they're trying to see what the effect of the ooze was? But th that, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See that, yeah. that those were the kind of things that we got. This kind of yield was only due to radioactive material, Godzilla, whatever. And to think that this is all from organic material like copper coil, and just an, an innate connection with the earth, uh, below and above it. It's just. How long have you been doing this for? Like, how long has this been an, a, a real um, driving force in your life, the electroculture in particular? So it started in about March of 2020. or No, I'm sorry, not March 2020, March 2022. It started in about 2019 when I did an Akashic reading and a lady told me to look into crop circles. And this led into all of these topics that I'm telling you right now. Wow. So it went into crop circles, into pyramid energy, into electroculture, into all the stuff related to copper and these materials. And then, so yeah, it started about March, 2022. I started openly talking about it and things started going a little crazy last summer, but it was already like, you know, springtime, summer. So you couldn't see this full kind of bloom. And then now it's just kind of gone absolutely nuts. You know, I, you just said a few things there that's going to be the topic for another show when we talk about uh, the pyramids and crop circles. I, we got to talk about that. I, I don't want to. I don't want to muddy that right now. But I do. Ha now that you brought that up, I'm thinking about this. What I was looking listening to today with these UFO hearings in D.C. Um, some people, particularly ufologists, characterize the 20th century as a a, a lost century in many ways. You have the world wars, you have so much loss and destruction, but you know, for as quickly as we built our modern cities, uh, planes, trains, automobiles, all that, many people believe that it should have been so much more. Uh, and based on suppression of technology, what have you, but from your, so from your personal research, getting outside of electroculture as a fine point of focus, what do you think that we have 
What, what do you think that we have been missing out on? Like a 30,000-foot civilizational view. What do you think over the last 100 years we could have had uh, had it been not for had it not been for all the suppression of information and the and the resets, the great resets that many of us never even never even knew what was happening. So with that, I would say we could be doing a lot of things that we can't even comprehend at this moment. You could look into John Keeley and his motor that he created in 1896. It was a motor that could sync up with his mind and he could turn it on just by basically drawing a circle onto the wall and he could enable that motor to turn on. This is 1896. So we're in 2023. So if you think about that, all this stuff that they try to sell us, like these smart things and smart watches and smart this and all that, that's all real old. That's the best way to describe it because this was just in 1896 alone. And there's so many more people who were inventing all kinds of things. That's kind of why if you look at 1919, World War I, that started for a reason. There was huge amounts of, of inventions and, and things coming forward that would pretty much send us to a whole different level of how we see things. We would definitely be up in the air, that's for sure. We wouldn't be down on the ground, you know, and driving our little 20 miles to the gallon cars because you had cars that got 500 miles to the gallon back in the 70s and 60s and 50s. Yep. You know, you had cars that ran on water in 1976. You had Stanley, who created the water car. You know, we've had so many different types of things that have been released over time, but a lot of them have been suppressed and have kept us in this perpetual motion and kept us in this society where we think we are advanced, but in reality, we could be much more. And even just looking at, for example, if we got into the things like you said about pyramids and all the different materials used in these buildings, the concrete is so thick that we don't even know how to replicate it because it's so thick, the, the, the you know, per square inch and everything else is so thick. So if you think about that, if you go into that, how are we building that? And so all these things that we can start to see that we could be in a whole different level. And if you get into World War II and you get into Victor Schauberger's work, he was creating flying saucers. He was creating you know, self-driven propulsion systems that would basically just spin and create energy and be able to fly. That's what a flying saucer is. There was also a lot of stuff with mercury because they learned that if you use mercury and you, and you heat it up or you, cold, you turn it real cold, it can produce energy. You can have free energy. So, you know, a lot of things of information has been suppressed to keep us at a certain thing so that they can slowly, you know, introduce a car that has two more miles to the gallon and now has some cool thing added to it. But in reality, we had all of that back in 1899, 1896, 1897. And a lot of the books that I've looked up, and that's why I'm really big in going into books from 1831, which is almost like the start of the civilization, 1831 to 1910, when you look at those books, you will see a completely different perspective of what you see today. You'll see quite the opposite. You'll sit there and go, how did all this information go away? It's very, very different in how we could be living versus how we're living currently. Mercury was going to be one of my bonus questions because I knew that a lot of those weather vanes, those a lot of those uh, lightning rods, that ball at the base of them is usually filled with mercury. And I wanted somebody to 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 talk about you know, what 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 exactly was the 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 hidden potential inside of this substance that we have. The only thing we've ever known about it is it's inside of some of our thermometers. And if that thermo thermometer ever breaks, don't ever touch it. Don't ever touch it. It'll it'll you know obviously you don't want to drink it but don't even touch it. So maybe that we'll talk about one night with the pyramid talk. Um, 
but as far as I have a couple more uh, questions, and then I'll uh, and then I'll, uh, I'll 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 thank you for the time. You've been so generous with your time here. Um, electroculture, you said before, as above, so below, and we know here on the ground level what it can do to uh, the soil, what it can do for all the things that we eat, um, what we know we can do when we wear it. My, my buddy Rob asked this question. He, see, he asked if electroculture can have any effect on dissipating chemtrails or even uh, helping, helping that space above us. You know, if, if copper can be so conducive to healing and, and pr- in production down here, what about what it can do to our skies? So there's been a bunch of videos where people have been clearing up chemtrails using electroculture antennas. There's also been numerous videos using boiling vinegar and clearing up the skies, which is another interesting one as well. And I've seen so many cleaning up the skies. But it's interesting when you get into this whole cleaning up the skies, you can look into two people. You can look into Trevor James Constable, who was all about etheric weather engineering. He was actually the one who cleaned up the smog in California in the 1980s using different types of cylinders. And they would spin while they were on a boat or while they were on a car or while they were on an airplane, and it would completely clean up all the nonsense and all the, all the smog and everything else. So Trevor James Constable is one person to look into. The other person in related to electroculture and clearing up the skies is Wilhelm Reich. Mm-hmm. If you guys remember Wilhelm Reich, they labeled him as a quack, they labeled him as a crazy, you know, they labeled him as a loony, and those are all Rockefeller educational terms. That's that's why they they teach those. But with that, he was basically cleaning up the skies. He had a, a thing called a cloud buster, and you can look him up. He has a museum in Maine, and there's a gigantic big device that has these huge rods, which are attached to running water, which is something we don't see as much anymore because all these dams are blocking up all the water and the flow of water, so the flow of energy. But he would connect this cloud buster into the water, and he could clean up the sky. And it was interesting because when did a lot of the weather engineering programs really go full in effect 1950s when did wilhelm reich get put in jail 1950s same exact timeline he also created the orgone box which was a box that could heal people from illness and he had like a 90 percent success rate but you know also that was woo woo and quackery but with that when we get into the whole electroculture situation what we're doing on the earth can also benefit what's up in the sky because everything is, everything is like you said, as, as above, so below. So with your antennas, your, your, you know, the best way to say it is it's like a vortex going up into the air and a vortex coming down. That's the easiest visualization to see it. So what you're doing is you can harmonize your area. And I've seen, for example, many times, even by my, by my place and other people's places, they'll have all this haze around their house and then their, their spot above their house will be completely blue and sunny. So you sit there and think, okay, well, if everybody was doing this, then we would probably have these beautiful blue skies. And when we go into that topic, because I just want to take it into one more book, just because I love books and showing things on here so you guys can see, this is a weather vane, which is an interesting term. Lightning rod is a weather vane. So think about that, connected at the body, the vane of the weather. Now, what's interesting is who would create a weather vane If you can see that, that size, that was on top of a church in Illinois, and that's about 10 people standing in front of this lightning rod or weather vane. And then the real question is, what were you using that for? 
Was that harmonizing the atmosphere? Was that harnessing free energy? Was this ball filled with mercury? You know, because these things are made out of copper and gold, and those are conductive materials. So when you think about all these weather vanes, and you think about all the lightning rods that used to be on top of the old world buildings, what's the first thing they always remove off of these old world buildings? The antennas. Why would they remove the antennas? Because the antennas can counter what's up in the sky. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. You know, but you know what doesn't make sense when you talk about something as simple as hey, maybe we can well, we can utilize copper antennas. Uh, perhaps we perhaps there is something to boiling vinegar. And I say to myself, well, yeah, but but we're always told by these big time global technocrats that we need tens of trillions of dollars. We need to destroy nations and economies, and we have to be taxed to tilt. Uh, to be able to turn the thermostat of the world down by one degree centigrade. So this just seems, I don't know, it, it, it doesn't come with a big enough price tag, Matt. I, I, I don't know if I can believe it. Yeah, that's, that's what's interesting. What's interesting about that is they sprayed the skies with aluminum, barium, and strontium to block out the sun to save us and save the planet. So when you think about, you know, the climate is changing. Well, who is changing the climate who is ionizing our ionosphere and heating it up with harp? Who is spraying chemicals into the sky and then blocking out the sun? Those don't seem like things that are going to save the planet. And, and like you just said, the amount of money that's being spent, not even like a dollar, millions and billions and billions of dollars are being done on weather engineering programs. And there's so many things people can look into that topic. You could go into the geoengineeringmap.org and look at that. It shows all of them that are taking place across the whole world. And you can see every single one that they're doing. And who are they sponsored by? The government. And all of the different cities and localities and things like that who are trying to either suppress the rain, make it rain. And then what about my say? Because I don't want any of that stuff. I don't need my weather suppressed. I want to have beautiful yields. I want to have healthy friends, family, and, and, and children and all those things. I don't need any of that. So I think electroculture is us doing something at the grassroots level and not being dependent on, like you said, that parasitic entities, which are pretty much just trying to take, take, take and never help us. Never give back. Well, that's the, that's really, I have uh, a wonderful place to, to stop. I, like I said, uh, Matt, I think that we can have many more amazing talks. I'd love to have you back sometime in the future if you'd be interested in that. Oh, oh you know what? One last question. Uh, what about electroculture? Um, would it, is there anything, uh, any method you know that could grow back human hair? Can I bring back my youthful Southern Italian curls or is that just gone? So I've <laughs> seen stuff with Shilja actually bring back hair. And so I would say with that, but I, what I could say is what's interesting I've learned about hair growth is the scalp can have too much static and that can actually result in hair loss. Really? So if you think about all the plastic products that they've been giving us and people are, you know, you're going through and putting the plastic product through your hair and combing it, it's gathering that unwanted static. That static can actually lead to hair loss over time. So, you know, when you look at all these things, there's a lot of interesting stuff about energy but there was a guy, you can look into this because I actually would like to have a solution for you, but you can look into magnetic water. There was a guy who talked about how he aligned magnets around water and he started drinking that magnetic water and his gray hairs started turning black again and a certain parts of his scalp, the hair actually started to grow back. So just look into the benefits of magnetic water. Wow. I, 
I thought that was just going to be a throwaway question for a cheap laugh, but I mean that's just uh, that that's a pretty incredible right there. I um I'll I'll take a look at it, even though I think I've kind of accepted it at this point and if it's become part of my look, you know. But it would be nice uh, to to tell people who always told me, Frank, you better stop wearing those hats. You'll go bald one day. I would love to tell them, you know, actually it wasn't the hats. It was uh, static electricity. So leave me alone. I bet you didn't know that, Mom. All right, so. Uh, Thank you so much, Matt. This has been wonderful. Um, you have a, a thriving channel. You have a wonderful business that is that is uh, focused on helping people detoxify themselves in every major way that we consume things, from healthcare products to to food, and and of course your your constant talking and um, and and research into subjects like the ones that we're talking about tonight. Where can they find you? What is the best thing to do to keep up with all of your work? And um, and yeah. So they can find us on CultivateElevate.com, and we actually have a page dedicated towards this topic, which is electroculture, and they have all the frequently asked questions. We have videos on there, so much information so that a person can learn. There's also a book they can download that they can learn more about Justin Cristo Flow and all of his work. But as for where to find us on social media, we have Instagram, Cultivate Elevate, and then we have a YouTube page, Cultivate Elevate, and then our Telegram chat is Cultivate Elevate, and people come in there and they share their gardens and get tips and show pictures and videos. So if a person wants more information, more pictures, more videos, come to our Telegram chat. People are posting their gardens going wild all the time. And it just gives more ideas and more people to connect with because I'm really big on everybody connecting. If one person's from one state, they need to connect with another person in their state because then you build community rather than all this disconnected, anti-social social media stuff. So I, I hope that that can provide some information, but you can find us on those three, and there's tons of information on there. CultivateElevate.com. What you're doing is very important. Thank you for the time tonight, and I'd love to have you back. We'll definitely do another one, and next time my computer won't be freezing, so oh, it'll be perfect. It's all right. It was like the first 30 seconds. The worst thing would be if we dragged that out for another five minutes. This has been a, a really remarkable call, and um, I already see the the – highly positive feedback rolling in so i'll talk to you soon and and thanks again for the time my friend cool thank you frank we'll see you next time all right there he goes matt cultivate elevate.com we're gonna take a really quick break i'm going to go uh uh de-static my scalp when i come back i'm going to have a full head of hair all right so don't go anywhere i have a couple of your super chats and other things to do before we end the show tonight brb it's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Ladies and Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back.
We're now entering, quite frankly. 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 We all support. Quite frankly. Not quite. Quite frankly. Joe Brandon. Quite frankly. And Roma Italia. Quite frankly. You're going on Frank's show tonight? I want to get a Coke. Can I get a Coke? So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly, how dare you? By golly, it worked. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. I just, I just, uh, you know, little, little, uh, little end, just a little bit less static and, and everything. I'm gray. I'm still gray, but I. There's nothing to be said. Nothing to be. It's just purely magic. This is a, this has been a magic evening. I'm really excited about this new life I've lived in the last five minutes. So we got Mercury. And how did you like that? How'd you like that show? It's a good show. It really is. Let's go and take some super chats. Let's go into the Rumble rants. Let's see what people are going, what doing over there. Uh, one Rumble rant from Peppy Payne says, "Can you wrap entire trees?" Wow, that's an interesting. Tall can uh, canopy trees would the energy resonate as far as the root system? Why not? It doesn't say. Hey, if you have the copper, why not get that coil rolling? Uh, let's go to Foxhole. See what people are saying over there. Lauren's laughing at me. I don't know why. You think that she'd be happy? She gets to she gets to run her fingers through my hair when I get home now. She's laughing at me instead. See, this is why I lost my hair in, to begin with. <laughs> uh, here we go. Jay Jewel says, "I didn't recognize you. You're quite handsome, Frank. Thank you, Jewel. Thank you. That's very nice of you." Sean Joe, thank you. Switch Rod says, you don't know that, Frank. They could be antelope beings. Yeah, I know. Could be the antelope beings that are riding around in the UFOs. What am I doing here? I already got this. Get the hell am I? I don't know how you people with hair do it. Robert Sarns. Sweet Hooligan says, I'm pro no hat Frank. Well, every once in a while. Every once in a while. Like I said, I have to... Once I get dressed up, I like to wear the... The get-up to... The outfit to completion. And I just didn't... I can't put a Yankee hat on with this. The real thing is about the sweaty scalp, like I said. So I went into the other room and I got my drum inner ear monitors and I used these, which are not very good. I've had to adjust this the entire time. It's... It's... It's cut... It doesn't have a very secure fit with the adapter so it's cutting out in my left ear uh my right ear i hear nothing in my right ear right now and it's um we'll see we'll see it won't be the last you see of no hat frank all right sean joe doug simmy delona 55 joe elaine says you look handsome frank i'm 
I'm glad. Thank you, everybody. I'm I'm happy it was uh it wasn't a horrific evening of like, hold on, please put the hat back on. I'm sure somebody said it. Just ignore them. Switchrod says David Dubine adapt 2030 or David David Dubine. I haven't seen it before, so I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. David Dubine D U B Y N E adapt 2030. Let's see, uh, Jesse. Jesse81138, thank you. C. Blanche says, Amen. Chai Possum says, Matt was an amazing guest. Thank you for always bringing us closer to self-sustaining. Well, I mean, think about this one. Think about the implications of this one. You know, we always talk about how do you make the best of whatever land you have available to you? Um, this, the possibilities of what you can bring forth to your kitchen table from even a couple of square feet seems to be i mean give it a try give it a try really quite frankly superchat.com i think we're all caught up over there oh here we go let's see here uh katie sky says just take all my money mr bond oh if i you know i've always wanted to i've always wanted to have that that uh james bond uh feeling there something about the something about the the, the button up well, I have to wear a, uh, a tuxedo one night and then go play a high-stakes poker game. That's when it'll really come to light. Stowstube, thank you so much for the blessing. You're very, very kind, as always. Here's a little something that I got from another audience member. Listen to this. This comes by way of... Uh... Oh, shoot. What the hell? I'm sorry. It might be Joseph. I'm... I'm so Or John... Anyway, hey Frank, first let me point out that the India, uh, that India just today cut off all rice exports, thus reducing the export rice market by 40%. That's more than huge, and it's a sign of famine disaster that will surely come next. No one in the States even seems to take notice to these types of events. Everyone needs to know the information that Matt has been spreading. It may save your very life. I'm a longtime grower of cannabis and veggies in o Oregon. Oh, really? Where do you live? Love to come by for a salad and a uh, couple of rips on the bong. This year, I have applied these principles to my gardens, and to my amazement, it works great. I grow in cloth bags, and I handmade my antennas from skinny wood dowels or sticks wrapped with 34 AWG copper copper wire in a clockwise direction, the direction for northern hemisphere. I do not use any iron tools or have anything made from iron in my soil. So far, I have seen a large increase of birds, bees, and ladybugs, and I have not had to spray any insect control. This is really very unusual when growing cannabis. I suspect that I will have to spray as usual for caterpillars when the flowers begin in late August. I have spray for caterpillars. I have to spray for caterpillars every year here in Oregon. Uh, with the veggies, I have an increase in yields and sizes that is noticeable. I feel like the food tastes better and seems more clean. With the cannabis, the plants are the correct size for this time of year, and the colors are very vibrant greens. I'm currently using this method now, making seeds, making seed using open pollination and light depth. All the plants males and females look great and seem to be doing their business as usual i'm expecting a great yield and seeds and great things for the flower harvest later in the season 
I've attached some photos for you to see. This method saves me the significant cost of fertilizers. The method saves me each time watering because I don't have to mix anything. This method saves me 10 days to two weeks at the end of the season because I don't have to flush my cannabis plants or uh, of fertilizer before the harvest. When using fertilizers, I have to flush the plants or the flowers will be somewhat harsh in the throat when smoked. Hmm. Everyone needs to know this information and be prepared to grow some of your own food. Cultivate Elevate Matt has been one of the primary sources of this information for the independent media. I would like to ask you to tell Matt thank you for me. Well, if Matt's watching, he just got that big thank you. And I, I got some of those, those, those pictures over here. Take a look at this. So I guess it's riding up the copper pole, I think, that one. I don't know which, which, which that is. That's nice. What are those, green beans? There's a little bit more. And there you go. Now, when I saw this picture, I wrote him back pretty quick because I said, you know, what strain is this? I'm looking at the nice, thin, spindly constructions of those leaves, and I said, that has got to be a sativa. And he says, it, it, it is indeed a sativa-heavy, sativa-dominant strain. It is forbidden fruit. I said, well... <laughs> well, when they become mature, let me know. So, there's something from from the audience already. I'm going to give this a shot. I really am. And nothing. Nothing's going to stop me. Will anything stop me? All right, so here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to open up the lines for calls. It's 836 914 200-0269. What do you got for me? What do you think about everything tonight? Um, anything that you want to add from your own experiments in your garden? Anything that you have picked up along the way in this in this respect? Uh, 1893 talks. Any any tidbits or stories, anecdotes about suppressed technology that you think would have made a huge impact on the last 100 years had it not been suppressed? Go ahead. Call me up. Make my night. Although, how can you make my night better than Matt already has? I've got a full head of hair. 914-200-0269. Would be great to have you call in. And our first one up is Frederick. You there? Hello. Hello? Yeah, um, what's up? I'm listening to your show. Um, did you guys hear about the uh, African guy who harnessed energy uh, from the air into a TV? No, 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 no. Explain that one to me. Um, yeah, so like... And, and if you can, uh, if you can, caller. Hey, like caller, caller. Guy, but I'm not sure. Caller, but, um, hold on, caller. Guy harness. Hold on, caller. You have to, Hello? you have to turn off, you have to turn off the stream in the background. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, okay. Um, yeah, some African guy harnessed energy from the air and like put it into a TV, but he got threatened by like the, uh, environment police or something in Africa he said. So yeah. What, what was he, what was he broadcasting? No, it wasn't broadcasting. He was harnessing energy from the air and there was no like cord going into the TV. 
Um, yeah, some African guy. So he was able to power his sure. power his TV just from what he was just pulling in from the the what we perceive as dead space around us. Correct. Uh, that's how I interpret it. Yeah. Hmm. I have to look into him. If you have anything anything to read on him, please send them into the show. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah, guys, look into it. Um, yeah. Send it interesting. To the- Send it to me in an email. I, those are the types of things that are really interesting. Thank you for the call, caller. Um, because, again, what is it that people all over the world have just even stumbled upon that in its most basic, you say, oh, well, wow, this is, this is kind of strange. I mean, to be able to power a television with no cords coming from nowhere, like I said before with those, those fabled experiments in the, the wilderness in Colorado, with uh, with Tesla to be able to light up a light bulb with just the the energy that's generated from the Earth, that's a um, it may not seem. I mean, it seems pretty magical, right? Like a, this, that's a great magic trick. But when you really think about the implications of something like that, to be able to exist in a modern way to power all of your modern gizmos and gadgets without having to pay a service provider. I mean that's a that's a point of panic for any government. Three six zero, you're on the air. Who's this? Hello. Hello. Turn off the uh, stream. I'm calling to talk to Frank. Uh, can you turn off the stream? Yes, I can. Thank Great. you. Okay. Let me know when it's off. I muted it. Is that okay? Or that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mute mute is fine. Hold on. I'm going to go get Frank. Oh, bless your heart. Bless your heart. Okay, caller, you're on the air. How you doing? Hi, Frank. This is Pat Sherry. Pat, welcome to the show. I love your voice. You know, Frank, I have watched you for uh, several years, and I'm a subscriber, and I just think that you you give me uh, faith in our young people. Well, that's a... But I called to talk to you about your guest tonight, we talked about copper, and I have a son-in-law of 33 years that has really kind of hit the wall, he's hit mental illness, and they're looking at Wilson's disease. What's that? And so, I was calling to, what? you know, I know he's already out the air. Well, well, Pat, if you don't mind me asking, um, what, what, is, uh, what is Wilson's disease? Well, it's when you have too much copper in your system, oh. and you um, schizophrenic, and in January, that's kind of what he did after, um, I don't know, I've, I he's been in my family 33 years, Frank. He's my son-in-law, and raised beautiful babies, but all of a sudden, I don't know this man. This is something that and, just happened recently? Uh, no, no, I, w- w- yeah, well, Pat. January. What I would say, first of all, is 
if you're talking about mineral uh, uh, minerals in in the body, like on a yeah. on a biochemical sense, that that would it would probably be a little bit different than bringing in copper in a physical sense to go and and stimulate uh, garden growth. But as far as a this is something that I would be more interested in asking Jay Gulinello about, the nutritionist, how to offset. Absolutely. I follow Jay, too. I just love you guys. That that would, you know, Pat, if you want me to, um, I mean, I'm, I'll probably talk to Jay very, very soon. What I'll do is I'm going to be writing this down. A Now, the Wilson's disease is, is pretty much just, it has everything to do with this over... Uh, overabundance of copper in the system, and it affects you mentally in that way. Is that what brought on the schizophrenia, you said? Well, that's what they say. It brings on schizophrenia in the patient. My son-in-law has gone through the testing at OHSU in Oregon, and uh, they they can't come to a, a diagnosis. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you that first of all, I'm gonna, I'll gonna keep you in my prayers because I can tell that this is really affecting you. But I'm I'm gonna talk to Jay Jay Gulinello about it, and um, uh, I want to see what he looks into on something like this because, as I was just telling Matt, that uh, you know, um, one of the one of the dangers, well, not so much a danger, but one of the risks of uh, the society taking a lot of zinc is actually that it could deplete. I think it could deplete and, um, and and have a negative effect on healthy balances of copper. So I wonder if there is something around something in that area that could that could be looked into. And because it looks like you have the op- your son-in-law has the opposite problem with too much of that. And if that really is all that there is to the and story, Frank, I'm old enough to have used the copper bracelets for arthritis and all that. I I have a history of that. And my husband and I were looking at each other tonight when we were watching your program and thinking, really? And here we have this son-in-law that all of a sudden is turned into a Dr. Jekyll, and we have no clue who he is. And he's a brilliant mind. He is, uh, uh, he's been married to my daughter for 33 years and provided a wonderful home for him. But we don't know who he is right now. Uh-huh. But he's also been working with 5G, and I don't know how much of that I need to factor into it. Oh, that's you know, it, it, that's anybody that is in a position like that. Well, you, what what you're describing right now, that is such a, like you said, a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde kind of a. It's the light switches on, the light switches off. I can see how that could be very, very concerning, especially your, you know, concern for your daughter and. And uh, and their children. I I mean, the best I can do is is uh, and see what what some of our nutritional minded friends have to say about this because uh, obviously copper was a big part of tonight's show, but I think that uh, it, it's a it would probably be in a different category than what you're maybe not. Who knows? Okay. All right. Let me tell you this other little factor is we are very uh, organic and uh, plant based very we don't eat um processed food and my daughter and her husband my son-in-law just got this problem has been gluten-free for a while i don't know how much that might factor into it but you know what it's just another layer to the onion you've got to look at the whole onion i think you're right on that and it's just 
it's it's fascinating and also scary how certain people are affected by certain environmental factors and and uh, and I don't know what you know how close your your son is to actual you know 5G technology if that's what he does for a living or whatever we know that Intel's thirty three years. What, what what he's been working what for thirty three years? He's, a, he's been an Intel engineer for thirty three years. He worked on the first in, um, Pentium processor. A long time, but probably about the time you were born. Well, uh, there's there's a lot that can be looked into there. And Pat, if you know what, uh, if they you get- won't let him retire, Frank. They said he's too valuable. They've tried to get him out of it, and they won't allow him to retire. Well, if it's if it's if it's part of the reason why he's not, you know, in control of his uh, his faculties at this point, then that may not be a fact. That may not be something that they could even request soon. So, I mean, I here's here's what I, I got. I have a couple of I have a couple of notes I have down here, Pat, and so I don't forget it. But in the meantime, if you'd be so kind as just to email the show, I'd like to stay in touch and and just just see if I could link you up with someone who has a better idea about what's going on than I do. I'm me. I'm a, I'm I'm better suited as a connector of people than an actual di- someone who can give a diagnosis. Okay. One more point of reference, he's gone through many exorcisms that have reportedly uh, purged ENTs out of his body. Okay. All right, so now we have an exor- now we have an exorcism layer here. You're right that there's a lot of layers to this onion. Uh, oh, e- e- God, Frank, I can't tell you. Well, I, I really hope that you guys can find some comfort in the in the uh, in the, the the near future here, and just stay in touch with the show. And I'm going to pass this along to somebody who knows a little bit better than I. Okay. Okay, I want to do a bird walk because Aurora is my great grandbaby, and you look like my son. And I've adopted you guys, and you know my husband and I have watched her for over for almost two years now. My gosh. Oh, so I'm glad that you adopted us. We need a new, we we need, it's always good to have new places to stay from time to time. Change of scenery. Always at my house. All right, Pat. Well, thank you and send the best to your husband as well. Thank you, Frank. All right. Love you, babe. All right. Be well. There you go. I have have another, another grandmother. I, I thought I was all out of grandmothers. Now I have one. All right. Here we go. Caller, you're on the air. Hi, my dad was a career Navy combat information officer for much of it. He, um, he is a sensitive. I am a sensitive. And I'm on my way to his house right now to take care of him. He's 93. He got a, uh, he did something during the community of my soul crisis, but I can't tell you what it is. But uh, anyway, right now he has a little bit of dementia and he is, he's doing this weird stuff like he's tapping and he's doing this weird stuff and he's looking in the sky and he tells us and we're just chuckling and he tells us well you don't understand now but you will i'm watching the energy it goes like this and he draws this arc of how it goes and he says i'm pulling the energy to me you don't understand it right now but someday you will and we're all laughing, chuckling, thinking, oh, it's just dementia. But there's a lot of others. He used to come home from the ship when he was on a ship, and he could tell my mom where the toys were laid on the floor in the house. 
like he could um he didn't i don't think he was ever in a remote viewing program but he's sensitive that way so am i so is my brother and uh, we see things um so but we've just even though we're weirdos and we see things we've been chuckling at him collecting the energy and watching the energy and this caller just blew my mind because he just totally validated what my dad's up to <laughs> so, so i'm on my way to his house to put him to bed he's uh, 93 now you're talking and, about uh, when still you entertaining us well when you say the caller are you talking about matt the guest tonight yes matt well, I, yes, well here's my yes. question why if you are if you if you yourself are sensitive to the unseen world and you you feel uh you, you pick up on energies and you know that there's more layers to this reality than than what meets the eye on this little on this very finite frequency of light then why would you why if your father if your father were my father or grandfather or something like that and he's talking about what's going on in the sky i wouldn't chuckle about that at all i'd be like oh he's onto something well no, but even, like, I'm my own biggest skeptic. Right. You know what I'm saying? I you. And, and I'll see something, and I'll discount it six ways from Sunday, but I can't, you can't anymore. After, you know what I mean, when, like, my brother saw a friend of ours get killed as it was happening. Like, there's a whole lot of things, and we've got a weird little family. But, um... Well, here's what I would say. But this thing about the guy with the... And also, my chiropractor told me I was wired wrong. And that what I needed to do was go in the woods and stick a piece of copper in the ground and hold it for a while, and it would ground me and wire me correctly so I didn't keep picking up everybody else's energy. Well, there you so go. I'm just laughing. Like, this is just so funny. I'm going to definitely be looking at his website. It's I think, amazing. Yeah, I think you And my I, you, dad was a radio guy, and, and the, the thing he did was classified and had to do with, anyway, um, but uh, Go, well, we keep trying to interrogate him, and he won't spill the whole deal what he did. But he did. Uh, well, you may have some open cool windows. Things. You may have some open windows soon. And I would say, I would say, uh, fo follow him wherever he leads you when he starts talking about all the other stuff. And aside from that, hopefully there is some sales uh, on copper wire at the the local Ace Hardware <laughs> or something soon, and you jump all over that. And I can ground myself. Yeah, yeah. so funny. Anyway, That's I it. loved it, loved it, loved it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hilarious. You're I mean, welcome. not hilarious, fascinating. No, I know. I know how and, it is. Um, fascinating I'll, and hilarious. I'll tell my dad there's a guy on, quite frankly, talking about exactly what he's been telling me. <laughs> Maybe that'll, that'll jog Thank something you. loose. You got it. No doubt about it. Thank you. Maybe it'll have jog something loose. That might be the, the, the doorway he's been willing to, he's always been willing to walk through and uh, and tell you some of his secrets, but hasn't had the real good segue. Let's see here. Larkstar just said, Frank, I just got in. I missed the show, but I had to send a note when I saw you in that fancy outfit with no hat. It was a handsome look. Just add some uh, some hip glasses to your show, um, to your show, to your eyes, to show your eyes some love. And you have a new dashing style. You know, this is uh, this is not uncommon to see me like this outside of 7 o'clock Monday through Friday when I can usually stroll in here with my sweatpants on and feeling really comfy. Um, don't expect me to be doing this a lot. It's just I had, you know, a special occasion. I said, you know what? Fine. People are getting, people are getting fancy Frank tonight. Um, I, d I did have my sunglasses on. 
so with my aviators and all this other stuff and out there doing my thing it is a it is a pretty chic uh minimalist look i guess but i appreciate everybody's uh compliments uh what is actually a major shake-up seriously I mean, what, I'll take my hat off to, to scratch my scalp a couple of times a week, <laughs> you know? So I understand. It's like, whoa, what happened? Jay Britt says, Frank, with the revived hair, you have gone full Franciscan. Oh, is that what I'm feeling? Oh, man. The hits just keep keep on coming. Here we go. Chai Possum says, Matt was an amazing guest. Thank you so much again for that. Music Man, thank you. Joe Elaine says, great guest. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's 8.55. I got a little bit from the guys over there on the network end. Abe says, Rabbit Hole Wednesday on QuiteFrankly.tv kicks off after the show. All about ancient civilizations and the earth energies. Join us and the rest of the Franklies. P.S. Frank, you look absolutely ravishing in that wig. P.P.S. Don't read that last part out loud or the Franklies, again, may think that we are gay. Well, too late. Um, Zen, oh no, quite frankly, TV. Why the hell was I going to say zenlive.tv? I haven't said that in nearly 15 years. No, 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 10 years. But quite frankly, TV, we're, we're continuing with this. Earth energies, ancient civilizations. That's in just a couple of minutes. I'm going to take one more call from Travis. What's going on, Travis? Hey, what's up, Frank? How you doing? Hey, I like. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Hey, I like that George Washington wig, bro. Oh, thank you. You're looking good. It's not a wig, but <laughs> go ahead. Hey, so the the electric culture thing. I don't want to be a. It seems like everybody's pretty into it, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I don't know. I think I don't use it. I grow a lot of plants, and I think the people maybe maybe it's because they're putting all the effort. If if they're taking the effort. To like put the little coil. Wait, with Travis, the... have you have you tried it? See, that's the thing. I'll be honest, I haven't tried it. Well, if you grow so, a lot, if you I grow a lot it, of stuff, I can't say for sure. But I know I I try to like pay attention to like building up good, healthy soil. Like when he was talking about fertilizers, he's right with the fertilizers because if you're using like these miracle grows and like these really like synthetic like that, it just destroys your your soil biology. So, like, I don't think putting a coil in, like, bad soil is going to, like, be a lifesaver. I mean, go for it, but I don't – it's not a be-all, end-all. You know, you you still, you still reap what you sow. So, like, if if you don't put the effort and you're not out there every day, like, but, I'm out but there Travis, every day. Like, I, I, I'm watering, I'm, Travis, I'm fertilizing. You, 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 grow, yeah. you grow a lot. You grow – wait, you, you grow cannabis? What do you grow? No, I don't grow cannabis. Um, well, I do have one little weed plant. My buddy gave me like a little branch off his, and I, I. Uh, so if you I rooted if you're it. already, if but you're I grow plumerias. I got tomatoes. I was just grubbing on a watermelon. I just picked literally right off of the vine. Well, then, dude, listen. They, this is the easiest thing ever. Then, um, if you already have this going on for you, then you should be able to create a uh, a corner, 
a corner of your garden where you have oh well you have an experiment there you, you can create a control group and and it, especially if all you need to add to the mix is a little bit of copper coil and a uh, and a rod or something yep. like that yeah i'm going to give it a shot give it a shot because i'm going I'm to experiment with it that's why i'm saying i'm not trying to poo poo on it it's just people also got to understand it's not going to be a it's not the light it's not the be all end all like if you put that fucking wire out there and then you don't go water like you're supposed to or you don't prune like you're supposed to or you don't do you know it's not gonna you're not gonna come out and find healthy plants okay you know? so like it, probably my theory is like add it to it and you know maybe it does work really good I, i'm gonna I, try it like I'm, I said, I ho- I, I'm hoping that travis you call in in a couple of uh maybe about a month from now and you say frank holy shit um, I'm going to do this to the entire garden next year. And give, let's see. I'll give it a try. Yeah, let's see. All right, man. Thanks for the call. I'll give it a try. Hey, people should try shade cloth, too. Trust what? me. It helps when you're planting, getting brutalized by the sun all day. Throw a shade cloth over your shit. It'll make a big difference. All right. All righty, man. Thank you so much. Take care, Frank. Take care. Um, I hope that he reports back on that. Sounds like a guy who will do it. I mean, th- there's no reason not, not to. It's not like you have to adapt a whole new way of approaching things. Plants go into the soil. You have to water them to a certain degree. They need sun. But it's just that if you create a little control group where all you are giving it is, uh, is a little copper love, soil, coil, coincidence. All right. That's it. It's 8.59. I'm sure we can go on all night and then all morning. But uh, for now, Frank's got to go eat. And I will see you guys tomorrow night. We're going to have another really wonderful experience for the Thursday episode as we're going to be talking with Lori Williams about remote viewing. Remote viewing. Oh, man. Aren't you glad we didn't talk about Hunter Biden all night? Anywho. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you for all the wonderful, wonderful um, company. Let me make sure I didn't miss anybody on any of the Super Chats. None there. All caught up on Rumble. And there you have it. You've been a great, great audience. Get to quitefrankly.tv, and I'll be hanging out in the chat room with you before you know it. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. And now our super chatters, starting with Larkstar444, Jay Britz, Stostube, Katie Sky. Over on Rumble, we have our great friend Peppy Payne, who's standing all by his lonesome, but very, very appreciated. And all of our foxholers, I will see you soon. That is the home of the network over there on quitefrankly.tv. Uh, become a sponsor of the show. Go check out Matt's work at CultivateElevate.com, and I will see you here tomorrow at 7 o'clock for the week end or the week finale. That's it. Bye-bye.